Let's clap our hands to the Lord and make him feel welcome. Come on, all over this house. Come on, every young lady and every young man in this room. Clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. God is good all the time. Praise God. I mean, glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Was one famous artist said, Why are your paintings and your sculptures so different from others? He said, Most people look at canvases and see material. He said, I see Mona Lisa. Most people look at blocks of wood and marble. I see masterpieces. You know what's going to be different about this camp this week? Most people just seen a bunch of young people gathering in on a campground. But God said, here comes some masterpieces. Here comes some men I'm going to shape into being great men of God. Here comes some ladies that I'm going to change their life for an eternity. Amen. And uh, I felt like the Holy Ghost just nudged me and said, we're going to have an apostolic week in this house. Praise God. I said, we're going to have an apostolic week in this house. The healer's going to be here. The Savior's going to be here. The deliverer's going to be in this house. Somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost for the first time. Somebody's going to pray back through that's been sitting on a pew, warming a bench somewhere in some youth group. God's going to get a hold of you with an apostolic movement in your soul. Somebody lift up your voice and say, yeah! Praise God. Thank you, Brother Fraze, and this great youth committee, this district board for allowing us to be here. Thank you for allowing me to bring Blair. And um, Blair's going to be 13 next month, and and he's been to a few with me. And, and I'm just honored to have my son. He's been so excited about getting here, and uh, and I'm glad he's with me. And we're just going to have a great time, all right? Amen. Praise God. Amen. I was strange when I got here. I'll be strange when I leave. And so let's just get that out of the way. Praise God. Amen. I was late for my flight in uh, Detroit today to get to here. And uh, I got to the desk and the lady said, are you strange? I said, well, yeah, you can look at it that way. She said, I've been saying strange party of two. We're leaving. And she said, you can't believe the looks I've been getting. Like I'm off my rocker behind this counter. I said, well, we're here. Thank you very much. Praise God. Second Samuel chapter 4. We're going to have an awesome time. Thank you, Brother Roberts, for picking me up at the airport and Blair and bringing us safely. Amen. And Brother Milton for bringing us safely to the campgrounds. My goodness. Praise the Lord. My wife was all worried about the flight. I said, more people get hurt in cars than they do in planes. And uh, praise God. Amen. Great to meet Brother Terry, I believe. Is that right? Brother Terry, amen, great to meet him. His brother-in-law and I pastor about four miles apart, or five maybe, amen. And, uh, and so we're having revival in southeast Ohio, praise God. Second Samuel chapter 4, how many helped me preach for a few hours? And how many helped me preach for a few minutes? Oh, hey, wow, that's never happened before, that's a record. 
Second Samuel chapter four, verse number four. I'll read one scripture. And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass, as she made haste to flee, that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. I'd like to preach for a few minutes this first night of this great week that we're going to have in the Lord on this subject. Damaged but deliverable. Damaged but deliverable. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Why don't we close our Bibles, lift our hands all over this tabernacle and ask God to help us the next few minutes. Lord, we need you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Come on, somebody tap into the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody tap into what... God's trying to do on this first night of this great youth camp. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Come on, lift up a great voice unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Slap the person on your left and say, if you didn't come to worship, then you might want to move seats. Slap the person to your right and say, get your hands off me. My goodness, take it easy. We already sent one to the hospital two weeks ago, kicking bowling balls around on the campground. You may be seated in Jesus' name. There is what they call an international trade and transport status codes if you ever do any kind of shipping any kind of receiving goods there's numbers that are stamped on packages those are international trades and transport codes each number represents a different code or a different translation whether codes whether goods are shipped by ground air or sea there are international status codes and labels that are stamped on the merchandise to let the handlers know the status of the package. Each package will have been or in the process of being shipped to a particular destination. In the delivery process, the package will come in contact with many different handlers. I was on a plane not long ago, and I'm watching. I'm, I'm right there where the conveyor belt comes out of the plane, and I'm watching them take luggage. And... Uh, I worked at uh, UPS for a little while when I was in Bible college, Brother Fraze, and don't ever put fragile on a package. It becomes a basketball at UPS. I'm ashamed to say. Those other guys were horrible. And uh, I'm watching them unload baggage off the belly of this plane, and, and I see them throwing bags at 15 to 20 feet, you know, just chucking bags across the tarmac sliding across and i'm laughing having a good old time about somebody else's stuff getting tore up until my bags came off the conveyor belt and i seen somebody take my bag and throw it about 15 feet and it slid across and then i started trying to yell through the window those are my bags take it easy i don't care what you do with the other guy's stuff but my stuff is worth something I don't care what you do about the other guy's bags, but don't be throwing my bags on the tarmac. i got to wear those suits when I get there. 
Come on, somebody help me for a few minutes. Praise God. There are codes. Code number 97 says this, damage survey. The goods or the equipment has been surveyed to assess the damage. Code number 13 is delivery in progress. Code number 21 is delivery is completed. Code number 307, and I will take the remainder of my time tonight to preach about code number 307 is damaged but deliverable. The goods or the consignment or the equipment has been damaged in the process of delivery but delivery can still be made what they're saying is somewhere in the journey somewhere in the process someone or something has mishandled the package with reckless abandon and damaged the goods somebody got careless with that goods somebody got careless with that package and the result was a damaged package and it calls for a code number 307 somebody's got to assess the damage in this house and somebody's got to step to the to the top of the floor and say I've assessed the damage in that building and I've got hope for somebody you may be damaged but you're still deliverable by the power of the Holy Ghost come on somebody we are living in a disconnected generation. There has never been a divorce rate like there is in this generation. There has never been abuse like there is in this generation. There has never been sexual, physical, and mental abuse like there is in this. Don't get quiet on me now. Is this youth camp? Come on, if you think mom and dad or some of you adults in this house that these young people aren't touched by the stuff I'm preaching, then you've got your head in the sand. But there are some young people in this house that somebody's got to tell them that God's able to take their day. Oh, God. I'll tell you what hell's trying to tell some of these young people that God's already set them on the scratch and dent clearance aisle. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God's getting ready to... God's getting ready to fix you, deliver you, and put your life together and use you for His glory. I'll tell you another battleground we're dealing with. This generation's taking the guilt of being damaged. In the code 307, it's been mishandled. And in the journey, you're going to be handled by a lot of people. And some of you have already been mishandled in your journey. And you've held the guilt and the shame for something that wasn't your fault. You've got scratches and dents in your soul that you've taken the blame for. And hell's let you take the blame for. But I've come to this camp the first night, Brother Terry, to let some of these young people know that you're not to blame. Quit staying up night trying to figure out how you're going to get out of this world and get in the church and let God fix you. Having a revival in our church, God's just doing something awesome in our church. We moved there about two and a half years ago and, and you pray for your kids and, and we prayed for our son and said, God, we want him to do good in this new town and we don't want to just show up somewhere because you can win the whole county and lose your own kids and what have you done in the end of it all? And I said, God, I, I don't care if he's popular. I don't care if he hits a ball out of the park. I just, I just want him to make it. I want him to succeed in the kingdom of the Lord in the last few months since this year started 
He has had eight of his friends, student council guys, football guys from his school, Jackson Middle School, eight of them have walked in and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. I'm not talking about 25-year-olds. I'm talking about 12 and 13 and 14-year-olds that are running the aisles in our church every Sunday that didn't know who Jesus was three months ago. Out of that, Brother Phrase, we have baptized and seen three of the parents already have received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Last Sunday, a grandma and an aunt from one of the boys' family was in the altar. Her, his grandma said, Preacher, you don't have to tell me anything about it. I was in this 25 years ago. I know what Pentecost is all about with tears rolling down her face. I'm talking about kids that are coming out of broken homes, haven't seen their dad. Mom's an alcoholic. Dad's a drug addict. But the kids are dead. But God's showing this generation, I don't care how damaged you are. I've got the power to deliver you. Come on, let's wait. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord in this house. Megan, maybe see it, and Chelsea, 13-year-old girls have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. My wife was teaching a youth class several weeks ago, and I was done preaching out front, and I came back, and she called me in the youth room, and Megan and Chelsea's telling our youth group, our youth group looks like deer in the headlights, Brother Fraser, like, wow, people really go through that stuff. A year ago, Chelsea was in a horse riding accident, horseback riding accident, and was in a coma and didn't know if she was going to live one year ago. About five weeks ago, she was in a car accident where one of her best friends was thrown from the vehicle and died in the middle of the field waiting for the ambulance to get there. Megan lifted up her hand and said, I need prayer. She said, and I'm just going to tell you what she said. This was the prayer request in our youth room. I need prayer. I've been raped by a ninth grader. And on May 3rd, I got to go get tested for STDs. She's 13 years old. She said, I've been raising, raised by my grandma and my grandpa. I've already buried my grandfather with cancer. I do the dishes. I do all the house chores. And my grandmother has heart failure. And I'm taking care of her until she dies that's the kind of place they're coming from that's how disconnected this youth group is that's how disconnected this generation is when you can have a 13 year old say please pray for me because I'm going to get tested for sexual transmitted disease in the 7th grade somebody help me right now and you think that we're far from it in this room you're sadly mistaken because there are young ladies and young men in this room that have been mishandled and you've been holding it in and hell said you can't be fixed and hell said God's already put you on the scratch and den aisle and hell's told you that God's already put you on clearance but God's fixing to raise some preachers this week God's fixing to raise some saints of God this week that are going to change their world somebody shout yes 
Judges chapter 11, a man by the name of Jephthah who shows up in the hall of fame. In Hebrews chapter 11, his name shows up in this hall of fame, this this chapter of faith. But who is this young man out of Judges chapter 11 named Jephthah who starts out with with three strikes against him? He's abused in his own home. His mother is a harlot. He is raised in hostility and hatred. And when he's old enough, his brothers kick him out of the house and say, you will never inherit this kingdom. And so they kicked him out. He has now been for years living under bridges stealing from the local markets he's a con he's an artist at stealing and robbing and, and, and pillaging the city he's got his own gang who stays in the back alleys this is where this man out of Hebrew 11 came from Jephthah from Judges chapter 11 shows up in Hebrews chapter 11 how'd he get there with all this stuff against him his mother's a prostitute his daddy lets his sons kick him out of the house because he was born illegitimate and he's raised with all this hatred and hostility penned up inside of him but the Bible tells me that just a few short months later they ask him to come back and to fight for them and he annihilated the enemy in the presence of God what you don't know about Jephthah or maybe you do but let me remind you that Jephthah's name actually means that God will someday deliver me and when the men at the coffee shop said there goes a husband and there goes what should have been Jephthah was under the bridge one night with tears rolling down his muddy face and through his beard saying God will soon deliver me call me what you want kick me out of the house say that I'll never inherit a kingdom but there'll be a name oh God help me I've got a name written on me that says God is soon going to deliver me I've come to tell some of you youth campers on this first night that God's not going to wait till Thursday or Friday night. He's going to deliver you tonight. He is going to deliver you tonight. I wish somebody believe what this preacher's saying right now. I don't believe we gotta wait till Friday night to have church. I don't believe we gotta wait till Thursday night to have church. I don't believe we gotta wait to think, well, I should have gotten involved. The camp went so fast. I think God's in this house to deliver somebody right now. If you'd lift up your hands and your heart, God touch you right now. God would reach way down in those scars that have been opened by somebody mishandling the package and hell's convinced you that you're damaged goods and you don't have any hope. But I I see Jephthahs in this house that come from broken homes and abuse situations that God's going to end up putting in a hall of faith someday and say, there is a powerful man of God. There goes a prayer warrior. Woo! Let's lift our hands and our voices in this room. Come on, the Holy Ghost is walking in this room. Come on, I see a nail-scarred hand walking in this room right now. 
I see in the spirit right now God performing surgery on somebody's soul right now. God performing surgery on somebody's spirit right now. I see a nail scarred hand reaching way down into a scar, into a wound, into something that caused you to be scratched and dented and be damaged. And hell's convinced you that you'll never be anything in the kingdom of God. But I'm here to say that's a hell. That's a lie from the pits of hell that God sent this preacher all the way from Jackson, Ohio to tell somebody in this room that it wasn't your fault. It was not your fault. You're carrying that condemnation and you're carrying that shame. Hey, young lady, the divorce was not your fault. Hey, young, oh God, help me right now. I've come to tell some man in this house that the reason your daddy walked out was not your fault. That the reason your mom's not living in your home under your roof is not your fault. I'm here to tell some young lady you're the only one in your family that goes to church. You just keep praying. You just keep going to church. You just keep walking into the house of the Lord. And God's going to do something in your family. God help me. God's going to do something in your family. I've come to dispel the thing in hell that would say that you can't be used once you've been abused. But God's getting ready to deliver some damaged goods in this house on this I feel the holy God somebody lift up your soul right now God's performing surgery in this room come on somebody somebody say that name with me Jesus Somebody give him a wave offering, Jesus! Here I am, God. Here I am. Barely made it to camp. Didn't know how I was going to finance it. Didn't know if I'd have enough money. But you opened the door at the last minute, God. Didn't even know on Monday night if I was going to get to come. But God made a way because he wanted you to know that you're not damaged so far that you cannot be delivered. Judges chapter 11, you can be seated for a few moments. I'm almost done. Judges chapter 20, you read of a left-handed army. They weren't born that way. Study the word left-handed, and it comes from a word meaning impeded. Or there was a battle somewhere in life that caused them to use the, lose the use of their right arm. They could have sat down and quit. They could have just sat down and took it and said, Hey, I probably should have been a good preacher. Probably should have been a good saint of God. I probably should have been a good singer. I probably should have did something for Jesus. Except in a battle that was beyond my helping. I lost the use of my right arm. And so now I'm just a left-handed handicapped person. And I'll never be able to do anything except for the Bible said that there were 700 chosen left-handers who could sling a stone within a hair's breadth and not miss. 
which means to me that somewhere along the line they stood up and said you can write me off if you want to you can say I was a should have been if you want to or I should have or could have been if you want to you can say what you want about me but if everything I've got is gone and all I got is this left hand I'm about to give it to God and if God would anoint it I'll do something powerful in the kingdom of the Lord and we've got some handicapped heroes in this building right now that have walked in this house and you don't know what you're going to do in life and you had plans and you had things you were going to do you were going to sing in the choir you're going to write songs you may have been wanting to be a missionary God may have called you to preach God may have called you to be a great saint or a Sunday school teacher an outreach director but something was thrown into your life that impeded you left you wounded and handicapped and now hell's talked you out of your dream talked you out of your vision talked you out of your calling and God made sure you showed up on a Monday or Tuesday night in this camp and said in these pews to hear this preacher fly all the way from Ohio to let you know pick up that left hand and do something for Jesus because God's getting ready to anoint this generation to do something powerful God's getting ready to anoint some of you left handers in this house to do something great some of you are going to be handicapped heroes before you leave this house you're going to go home and change your neighborhood and change your school you're going to go home you say well I don't know if it's going to happen to me you don't know my past you don't know where I come from my home is broken my mommy hasn't seen me in three years I don't even know who my daddy is there's no way God could ever use me God's fixing to put an anointing on you that you can't even fathom and you're going to go home and turn your city upside oh God somebody hear what I'm preaching to you in your spirit you're going to go home and turn your youth group upside down I don't care if you haven't been raised in a preacher's home I don't care if you weren't born in a missionary's house I don't care if you weren't born in a pastor's bed I've got news for you in this house it doesn't matter to me if your mom's an alcoholic and your daddy's a drug addict God can get a hold of you and you can break that curse in your family it can start right now you don't have to be another alcoholic you don't have to be another drug addict you can break that cycle right now in your family and you can stand up to hell and say no just because my granddaddy was an alcoholic and my daddy was an alcoholic I've got better things for me God's called me to preach God's called me to lift up the name of Jesus God's called me to sing I'm going to win somebody because the cycle's going to be broken right now on the first night of youth camp I'm going to break that cycle get from these second chronicles Watch. And these left-handed men, the Bible said, could sling a stone within a hair's breadth and not miss. I wish you could meet our youth pastor and his wife tonight. My wife just told me this last night. I didn't know this about our youth pastor's wife. I didn't know this. I did know that when she got the Holy Ghost in her bedroom, because her mom and dad would not let her go to the apostolic church, That when she got the Holy Ghost in her bedroom and spoke in tongues with the door shut, hoping that her mom and dad didn't hear her, that she decided to go to church. And they said, when you decide to go to that apostolic church, when you turn 18, you're out of this house. She has been on her own, Brother Terry, since the age of 18. Walked out. She told my wife just a couple weeks ago, and I didn't know this till last night. She said, at age 11, I started smoking in my house. My mom and dad didn't care. She said, at age 13, I started smoking marijuana, not with the kids behind the barn or at the high school football games, in my house. 
and my mom and dad provided it. And we rolled dope in our living room. And I smoked dope when I was 13 years old with my mom and dad. You talk about damaged. Her family's just now having a little bit to do with her. And said they'll never step foot in the church and never step foot in the, in the sanctuary. And never give her fits for the last five years for being in church. Started smoking cigarettes when she was 11 in her own living room and dope with her mom and dad when she was 13. Drink beer by the age of 15 and her mom and dad had the refrigerator full of it. And when she came to church and got the Holy Ghost, her mom and dad disowned her and kicked her out of the house. And today she's the youth pastor of our church. Her and her husband are the youth pastors and our youth group is growing weekly. Weekly our youth group is growing. I'm talking about somebody that hell could have said you're too damaged to be youth of God there's no way you'll ever be used of the Holy Ghost you've got too many strikes against you but you're fixing to annihilate the enemy in this house there is a youth group in this room if you would get over what happened to you yesterday if you would let God wash the blood over your past and forget about oh God if you would let God erase your memory right now with the blood of Jesus from Calvary, you could go home and turn your family upside down and turn your school upside down. That's why, that's why Joseph named his son Manasseh. For God hath allowed me to forget the toil in my father's house. And so I'll name him Manasseh because God touched my mind and I forget what the brothers did to me. I'll tell you what I would have done if I was Joseph when them boys walked in that room. I'd have had them every Every one of them killed and strung up in downtown Main Street of Egypt. But the Bible said this. You can go home and read it. We don't got time tonight. But go home and read it. Joseph did not remember what his brothers did to him. He did not remember them stringing him up and throwing him in that pit and selling him into slavery. When they walked in the room, go home and read it. The Bible said Joseph, when he saw his brethren, remembered the dreams that he dreamed. And hell's going to bring up your past when you leave this camp but don't you go back into that same old rut remember the dream that God gave you about being used in your church and let God let you forget the toil of your fathers watch 2nd Chronicles 33 23 watch and humbled not himself before the Lord as Manasseh his father had humbled himself but Amnon trespassed more and more yeah. And his servants conspired against him and slew him in his own house. Yeah. But the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against the king Amnon. And the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his stead. Who was Josiah's daddy? Ammon? And his granddaddy was Manasseh? Read the next two verses of chapter 34, the first two verses. Watch. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father. Stop. Who? David. David? Doesn't chapter 33 tell us that Amon is his father and Manasseh was his grandfather? Hmm. And Josiah said, I'm going to walk after my father, David? Could it be, Mr. Youth President, that we have an opportunity to change dads? 
Could it be possible tonight? Because when Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, in John 8, 44, and then later on, one of the prophets in the New Testament said, and we shall be like him when we see him as he is. Could it be possible that I have an opportunity tonight to change dads? And he looked back in the history of his family and Amon conspired against God and they worshipped idols. And Manasseh, his grandfather, he worshipped idols and they threw babies to the fire gods. And Josiah, at eight years old, made a decision. I'm going back far enough in history to find me a role model. And Amon is not my daddy. And Manasseh is not my daddy. If you want to call somebody my daddy, call him David. Could it be possible? Could it be possible tonight in this room that some of you walked in here so damaged that hell's tried to convince you that there's only one way out for you and you'll never make it and you'll never be able to serve God because you got too many strikes against you? Is it possible tonight that we have an opportunity because of Calvary to change dads on this first night of youth camp? Stand in this building. I'm just fixing to change fathers. Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. Then he said, he has given us the power to become the sons of God. Calvary made a way where I can change dads. I came into this world a child of the father, and his name was the devil, but... I can leave this world with a different dad. I can change dads tonight on this first night of this youth camp. Every hand lifted right now, all you campers all over this room, just lift your hands all over this building. Jesus. My spirit is breaking in this pulpit right now for the things that some of you young people have had to already endure in your life. I'm feeling the pain right now in the Holy Ghost. You may not believe in that kind of stuff, but I'm feeling my heart is now breaking in this pulpit for some of the things that you young men and you young women have already endured by the age of 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. And the Holy Ghost is allowing me to feel that pain right now. And if you could stand up tonight and tell your story, it would make the hair on the back of our neck stand up. You crawled into a van sometime this morning or yesterday to come to camp, and it's just going to be another four days, and I'm going to get to swim, and I'm going to get to play ball, and I'm going to get to see my friends again. I haven't seen them since youth convention. I haven't seen them since the last youth rally, and... I'm hiding stuff inside of me, Brother Phrase, that nobody knows. I'm going to bed at night and nobody knows what I've been through. I put on a smile at camp. I put on a Superman cape and a facade, walked in with a plastic smile, and I'm going to make it, Brother Terry, through another four days of youth camp.
camp. And I'm not going to have to tell anybody about the midnight hour when the rug was pulled out from under me and the world changed before my eyes. And I walked out dented and damaged, ruined for life. Nobody knows it. Nobody can see it. Nobody can detect it. Oh, what could have been, Mephibosheth? Royal blood flowing through your veins. Jonathan's grandson. Jonathan's son. Saul's grandson. What should have been, Methuselah? Mephibosheth. What, what, you shouldn't be laying in this back alley at the age of 26. You shouldn't be in the land of nowhere at the age of 26. You've got royal blood thrown, flowing through your veins. But somebody dropped you in your journey. And you were crippled when you were a baby. And now you've been left in the land of Lodabar to go ahead and make it on your own. But if you just get past the dust and the dirt and the grime, if you just get past the calluses on his knees, there's royal blood flowing through those veins. God help us. And if some king like David, greater than Solomon, greater than David, could look past these callous knees and these withered elbows and these twisted limbs that were left when somebody mishandled this package and dropped me when I was a baby. If I could get a king just to look past those just for a moment, I've got something to give to God. I've got something to give. Without any cheerleading, without any praise singers, without any great fanfare I wonder if there's any young men and any young ladies in this room on this first night of youth camp that would say hey preacher I'm ready to change dads I'm ready to change dads hell's convinced me that I'm on the clearance aisle but God somehow through this service tonight said no 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 it's royal blood flowing through those veins just been mishandled during the journey Would you step out right now and come to this altar? Come on. And reconsecrate your life on this first night of youth camp. We're going to jump the pews and we're going to run the aisles. We're going to have a great time. But on this first night, God wants to deliver some damaged packages. Come on, bury your face in the carpet somewhere. Take off the Superman cake, man. Bury your face in the carpet, young man, and just weep before the Lord and say, God there's anything left in me you can use it I I sure would like to be used of the Holy Ghost there's anything oh God if I just got a left arm left I'd like to give it to you tonight Lord and maybe maybe somehow God you could look past these twisted limbs and Maybe somehow, God, you could look past the damage and the abuse. And maybe somehow, God, you could look past the hurt and the pain and the scars and begin to fix me right now with the blood of Calvary. Come on, that's it. Cry out unto him. Come on, cry out unto him.